Hi, I'm Amanda, and it is what it is. meeting <laughs> bye <laughs> see ya oh shit all right i have no plans for this other than to just shoot the shit with you so hell yeah let's do That's it be. um all right i'm just gonna start then hello everybody welcome back to it is what it is still amanda still your host and I promised you a repeat guest today. Uh, so she doesn't need an introduction, but allow me to introduce my very good friend, Becca, AKA DJ Silver Mohawk, AKA Bex McSweats, AKA Rebecca Plays Too Much Stevens, Fatevens. Uh, and I'm sure there's some other nicknames I'm pre- uh, forgetting. What's up, Becca? What's up? How, how you doing? How's everybody doing? It's been over a year since since you've been on here with me yeah wasn't it june was a year ago yep because it was pride month last year yeah dang it's a long time it is a lot of things have happened since then a lot of stuff Mm. changed since then you live somewhere different i live somewhere different there's a lot going on yeah for real so uh let me do let me do my book poll and then we can get into it. Yes, yes. This is my Clarity favorite part. Clarity and connection today. This is long, but it's the one that wanted to be read. So <laughs> when desire combines with tension, it morphs into craving. Attachment is when you start craving things to be a certain way. Craving is an extreme form of desire that quickly attaches to different ways of feeling and the objects slash situations slash people that produce these feelings. Attachment is also when you try to place restrictions on the unexpected and natural movements of reality. It's a heightened form of the desire for control. As the Buddha put forth in his teachings, craving itself gives birth to attachment. This tense form of clinging to what we crave not only causes much mental struggle, tension, and dissatisfaction, but also clouds our ability to objectively observe what is happening within and around us. Wanting and craving are not the same thing. Simply wanting is a natural pursuit that focuses our energy. Craving occurs when wanting deepens and becomes filled with tension or stress. The stress worsens when we do not succeed in getting the thing we crave. Craving is ultimately the source of our mental struggle and dissatisfaction. Even when our attachments are successful in molding reality, we still find ourselves dissatisfied because craving is an endless pit. Once the sensation we pursued has passed, the mind will return to craving more because craving is what it knows best. So trying to think about that in the context of what we're gonna talk about today. Um, 
let me, let me just say what we're talking about today first. So we're sort of talking about self-worth and, um, healthy relationships after you've been in some bad ones. And, um, I think, I guess what I took away from that was number one, I think it was a call out for me just with what's going on in my life in general. It's just accepting things as they are, um, knowing that there's nothing that I can do to change the situation and, uh, accepting things as they are. But also I think that when you are in toxic relationships, um, you want so badly for that person to be who you want them to be. And sometimes that makes you, or a lot of times for me personally, that makes you forget who they actually are (laughs) really incapable of seeing who they actually are. Um, until something happens or you have some sort of realization and you're like, oh, there's a, there's a big difference between a happy, healthy, adorable marriage that you're in now with Regina. Yeah. So it really was going on like the same time that we were, we got to know each other and we're becoming friends. So, um, I had been with my previous partner for almost 10 years and that was a very toxic, unhealthy relationship that. I couldn't see past my own nose about everybody else could see it, but I couldn't obviously. Um, and, uh, Regina and I first met while working together at New Hanover County probation parole. And, um, she likes to tell the story how I went and talked to her at first and all this stuff. And I told, I told this at the wedding and I was like, you know what? You've intimidated me a little bit. And I was a little upset because my mentor had left and you took her place. And finally, finally, my friend Anna was like, you need to go talk to her. She's really nice. So I just walked in her office and sat down. I was like, what's up? (laughs) Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of went from there. Um, I was just like talking, hanging out, starting to like do some shift work together. They were like, oh, let's, let's hang out outside of work. And, um, we were both in really bad relationships and I was about to get married <laughs> to the other person. Um, and then I realized that I couldn't do it, um, that it wasn't fair to me. It wasn't fair to the other person because I truly didn't love them. Um, and I didn't want to spend the rest of my life like that. Um, so I left that person and, and that like that you called it off not long before it was supposed to happen. Right less than two weeks yeah because I remember myself and some of us from basic training were all invited and I think you just texted us a group text that was just very vague like hey wedding's off (laughs) I remember (laughs) texting our friend Alex and being like uh okay what do we do (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah so it was like about a a week and a little a little over a week and a half before the wedding and I was just like I cannot go through with this um and I literally just left everything that I had from like previous um that that I that I had it like material wise um emotional wise and just left um the only things that I took with me were like two bags of clothes and my dog um yeah um but Regina was very kind to let me stay with her um while I was transitioning um and so I stayed with her and her previous partner for about a couple months um, until I could get on my feet. And then I moved to my own apartment and, and they just kind of like, 
you know, that was a rough couple of years because that was the first time I had cancer and all that stuff. And um, Regina was there for me the, the entire time. Um, she, she was like my person, my person I could count on. Um, and it was, it was rough um, for about a year and a half. It was really rough because I was going through a lot of depression, um, wondering if I made the right decision about leaving my previous relationship. Um, you know, it's just hard after almost 10 years to just kind of pick up and, and start all over again with basically nothing. Um, but Regina was there to encourage me and say, hey, you know, you, you might be feeling down right now and like you didn't make the right decision, but, you know, just just keep your head up and and you did what was best for you. Um, and then and then things kind of just, I don't know, like <laughs> kind of fell into place because her previous relationship ended. Um, and so I was able to be there for her during that. Um, and then like a year later, not maybe, maybe around a year later, we were like, oh, well, we really like each other. Let's <laughs> hang out some more. Um, and then we kind of, I just realized that I fell in love with her. Um, I fell in love with her a long time before I even realized it. Um, she was just a great person. Um, and very kind to not only me, but other people in general. Um, just one of those people that just lights up the room when she comes in. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. Um, so I kept finally confessed my feelings to her and she was like, oh, I think I feel the same way. <laughs> so yeah, so we, you know, um, me and my fantastic personality and great sense of humor I uh kind of swooped her in at that point <laughs> and uh we started dating and it's been for me it's been happily ever after since we started dating so um and that was gosh we started dating in 20 mid to late 2018 um so and then we got married in 2021 um, so, I mean, it's just been a great ride in the last four or five years. Uh, at what point during all that did y'all move in together? We actually, um, we all moved in um, because me and her and our friend Jack and then Regina's mom and um, younger brother all moved into this huge house in Leland um, because we were like, you know what? Things are starting to get expensive. We're going to save some money. Um, so we all just rented a house together. And so at some point during um, our stay there, I moved from upstairs to downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you, you, uh, y'all weren't in, in, in the spring. And then later that summer, it was like, oh, well, we like each other. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, plus you have the nicer bathroom. <laughs> <Sorry>. Right. <laughs> uh, the, I don't know why this is popping into my head, but you guys had a Halloween party uh, where I won the costume contest. Um, but in the, I guess it was one of the guest bathrooms. You had hung up this like fucking ghoul thing. And like, I did it, like turned the lights on and it scared the shit out of me. And I know that's exactly what it was intended to do. And it got me. But uh, yes, that's the one that Alex dressed up as a Dementor and um, from Harry Potter and her wand was a stick. 
and I think uh Josh was Bob Ross he made a brief yes yes and um I think Regina was Hermione Granger if I'm not mistaken and then I was um I you know I didn't fit with anything that anybody was doing I did my own thing (laughs) I I was I had like this I had this steampunk uh costume on and it was fun I still have the hat and vest (laughs) yeah that was uh that was a good time despite uh my company at the time uh and do you know I don't know if I ever told you this but that same weekend it was actually the next day I had to work that Sunday uh that was the time he cheated on me before our wedding it was that same weekend (laughs) oh you live and you learn right (laughs) you live and you learn you know you live and you learn you know my my previous partner cheated on me with a man (laughs) (laughs) what make it make sense (laughs) I didn't know that and you know I didn't didn't really know you at all through that relationship I guess you were still with her uh when we were in basic and Mm -hmm. uh wouldn't have been too long after that um that she called off the wedding and left so I think our friendship has certainly gotten closer um than it was at the beginning. Um, and I, I definitely credit some of that to Regina. I think, um, even though I was friends with you first, she, uh, she just has a way of, uh, getting people together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's kind of like the glue, the glue that kind of like holds (laughs) everything together. Um, and she's definitely the glue that holds me personally together because if, (laughs) one little inconvenience happens that I don't know how to um to handle I will have a meltdown and she's definitely there to be like it's it's okay this is what we need to do she's the troubleshooter um and I'm I'm the one that that keeps it fun and and has the grandiose plans and all that stuff and you know (laughs) but she's definitely the level-headed um it's gonna work out this is what we need to do type person and I'm like yeah Um, so let's, uh, let's back it up a little bit. Cause you mentioned that after you left your ex that, um, you had those thoughts of like, did I make the right decision? And I can relate to that a lot because when I left Jamie, um, th- th- I had those days where like, was this a mistake? Um, but did you have those moments sort of after leaving where you sort of romanticized the way things were and you know, I think it's, it's easy once you leave the situation to get caught up in remembering the good times, um, yes. and giving that person more credit than they probably deserve. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, especially like the first, I would say like six months, um, the first couple of months, it was daily, like, Hey, did I, did I make the right decision? Um, I've turned my life upside down for what, um, for me to be very unhappy right now, as far as, you know, being alone and, um, giving my pretty much everything up that I'd already, you know, established in life. Um, but then there would be times that bills came in the mail that was stuff that I hadn't purchased, you know, that were, I was having to pay for, um, having to repair my credit, Mm. um, (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and for think for things that, you know, I didn't do. And then it was a reminder of, oh yeah, you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it, I thought it was very healthy, um, for me. And I think it's very healthy for other people after they get out of those toxic relationships to spend some time with themselves and learning themselves. And, you know, um, because if you've been, especially if you've been with a person for a significant length of time, your needs have changed um, from when you first started that relationship with them to now um, when you're out of it. Um, because before I started dating my ex, I felt like I was very independent. Um, I was very financially stable and um, made good decisions. And then it was like everything went to shit in 10 years. Um, and I, I mean, I blamed myself a lot because I was like, I did it because I was blinded by love. Um, and I just wanted to make the other person happy. Um, but then it was like, okay, well now I've got to buck up and do all these things to, to be back in a situation where I'm happy with my whole life and not just, you know, part of it. Um, and so it took a long time to get to that stage. Um, And it was, like I said, the first, I would say six months, it was, you know, did I do the right thing? Um, And then I would look back and be like, yeah, there's a reminder. Um, And over time, it has faded a lot. And then after Regina came into my life, I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely did the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I definitely had moments of remembering there were some good parts. Um, yeah. And I think one of the things that I clung on to probably a little too much is there was this one year, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but he uh, planned a trip for us to go to Charleston for Valentine's day and like planned everything and paid for everything. And um, it was very unlike him <laughs> to plan or pay. Yeah. Things. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, it was, it was a really good trip and uh, you know, that was, that was something sweet to do, but like we were together for almost five years and, and there weren't really any other things that I could grab onto of like nice things that he did for me, thoughtful things that he did for me. Right. Um, and one of the things that I was surprised about after I left him though, is that, um, I think before I left, I was struggling with the idea of being divorced And I think I had even some moments afterwards where I was like, oh my God, I'm not even, not even 30 yet. And I'm divorced um, or getting divorced, but um, I didn't have, uh, I had a semi-religious upbringing, but not enough so that it would make me feel like divorce is the end of the world. And, and also like, even if I did feel that way, uh, almost everyone in my family had been divorced, grandparents, parents. So like <laughs> join the club. <laughs> yeah. Join the club. And like, you know, it happens. Uh, but I, I definitely struggled with that a little bit of like, did I, did I do everything that I could do? And I think the day that I left, I knew that I did everything that I could do, but afterwards I struggled with like, should I have tried harder? Um, but I don't think any amount of effort on my part would have changed anything. 
Um, right. And yeah, I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying that I think that whenever someone gets to the point that they're ready to leave, that they, they know in that moment um, and they're strong in that moment. Um, but then after the dust is settled and they have time for everything to like, kind of like wash back over them, that's when they start doubting themselves. Mm. Um, and I, I think that happens in a bunch of situations like that. Um, and I think, I mean, I did, I wasn't actually married to my ex. I was close to it. Um, but, and I hope she doesn't mind me blowing her up here, but Regina said that she felt like she was more um, attached to this, the idea of the relationship not working out, the actual marriage part not working mm. out, um, not attached to the person. Mm. So yeah. and I was like, that makes sense. I was like, that absolutely makes sense. So yeah, so that's what I was going to say when I interrupted you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I had somewhere else that I was going to go and I've lost it. Oh, I, um, so this was uh, maybe back in August of this year, uh, my friend Tyler, who I've been friends with since I was in middle school, um, her dad is a tugboat captain. So sometimes when I go to visit, he's not there, but this time he was, and he and I were catching up and, um, I was telling him about my, my relationship with Sam. And, uh, I said something to the effect of like, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work on myself and, and I have self-worth now. And he said something to me that just, truly crushed me and I still think about it today he's like Amanda you always had self-worth you just sacrificed it oh man uh, yeah and I think I think it's a it's it can be part of your upbringing but it's really just part of society in general that pushes this uh self-sacrificing um for the people that you love and and not not that you shouldn't um not that sacrifices aren't made for the people you love, but it, it has to be, there has to be some sort of line where um, it becomes too much and you've lost yourself for the sake of this other person. And uh, I think I spent, you know, my entire life up until this current relationship sacrificing things. I, I didn't, I, I didn't know that I could have needs or wants uh, I didn't know that I could vocalize those in relationships and not be made to feel like shit about it. I, uh, for whatever combination of things that taught me that, I learned that you self-sacrifice even to the point of not knowing yourself and not being connected to yourself um, for the sake of maintaining a relationship. Um, and I, I, I don't really know what the solution to that is on a, on a societal level. Um, but I think part of the solution is that there are, uh, we're becoming a little more accepting of different types of relationships, um, not just in terms of, you know, gay, trans, whatever, any, any sort of thing like that, but diff like, um, different co-parenting situations or um, people that are together and they never want to get married, but they, they are committed to each other like they are. Or um, I saw something the other day on some sort of social media about people either um, having separate bedrooms or living separately. And I think, I think for a long time, 
And even still now, some it's been romantic relationships are men and women only, and they must have children and they must get married and they must stay together until they die. And I think because people are starting to embrace their authentic selves more and really get clear on what it is that they want and need in life and relationships that things are looking different now. And we're starting very slowly to where people are, are starting to accept those different ways of being in relationships with people. Um, I think, I think the point of all of it is to do what feels right to you. Um, and sometimes that means you're staying in a relationship that has run its course, but you're just not ready yet. Um, cause that for whatever reason still feels maybe not safe is the right word, but still feels right to you. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that tangent, but let's talk about, uh, what it's like to be in a healthy relationship. <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> when you come from a very toxic relationship to a healthy relationship, you're like, what is this? <laughs> is, this is this real life? Um, do you have a lot of questioning of, um, why do I deserve this? Um, and, and that was, that was a big thing for me and Regina at, for, at when we first started dating was I was very self-detrimental to myself and, um, would tell her all the time, I don't deserve you. You deserve better than me. Um, and I would get down on myself and be like, oh my God, you're going to leave me. And she, I mean, we would just be sitting there watching a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really sneaks like, up on you. <laughs> it just sneaks up on you and like grabs you by the neck and starts strangling you. Um, yeah. So, um, it was, it was hard, very hard in the beginning. Um, because like you, I had never had someone that cared about my wants and needs before. Um, and she and I've had this discussion a lot of how we're both givers. So it was very hard in the beginning of taking, um, because we weren't used to taking from another person. Um, but we have finally, after four to five years, started establishing, um, you know, a healthy amount of giving and taking from each other because we feel safe with the other person to do that. And we feel encouraged by each other to do that. But before it was like, I give everything um, and I expect nothing in return and I got nothing in return. Um, and I wasn't allowed to expect anything in return because I wasn't deserving of anything in return. Um, that's the way I was made to feel. Um, that wasn't true, obviously, but um, that was that was the way I was made to feel is that the, the other person's wants and needs and their feelings were leagues above what mine were. Um, so coming into this very healthy relationship that I'm in was very difficult. Um, and I had to talk to my therapist about it a lot. <laughs> like I, I probably spent four or five full sessions just talking about that alone. And then every time that I have a session, I talk about it at least for about 15 minutes. Um, just as a kind of refresher thing for me of, Hey, I deserve this. I'm a good person. And, um, we truly love each other and we're good for each other. Um, 
And so, I mean, even, even simple things of when she walks into the kitchen, she'll ask me if I need anything. And at first I was like, uh, no, I'm good. And then literally when she sat down, I would go in and fix myself something. And she'll like, I just asked you if you need anything. But like now if she asked me, I'm like, yeah, can you bring me a drink? Or, hey, can you, can you bring me something, whatever it is? And so it's just like, you don't realize how bad it is until, you know, some time has passed and you are in a healthy relationship and you're like, oh, wow why am I like this? <laughs> really? Why am I like this? And uh, I asked my therapist that I was like, why, why am I like this? And uh, she was like, well, Becca, she said, you know, things, things have happened in the past 10 years that have uh, uh, traumatized you psychologically. Um, and she was like, your, your brain is just reacting as it would before. Mm. And uh, she was like, you have to retrain your brain um, just as you'd retrain your heart to love again and she was like you have to retrain your brain and I was like yeah this is gonna take some time (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so I mean I'm I'm way better than I used to be way and Regina tells me that all the time she's like you've grown so much you've you've come so far um and but I mean I still have some times where I'm just like do I deserve this woman and um then I'm like, you know what? I'm a badass bitch. And I guess I deserve her. <laughs> yes, I deserve her. Um, so it's, I mean, it's, it's really weird to go from that toxic feeling down the dumps all the time. Like, well, shit, I'm just somebody's slave and not even their love slave. I would be okay with that. You know? <laughs> just, just the slave. <laughs> just, just to get in the kitchen and make me a sandwich slave. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. And then going to um, somebody's whole world, you know, and it's like they can't get enough of you. And it's just like, I don't know what this is. But, you know, over time, it's like, okay, I know what this is. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reaching out for it. And then after a while, you're like, yeah, I'm into this. I'm into this. Uh, somebody loving me for me. And, <laughs> me being able to love them back and it being an equal partnership um and when I tell people you know usually people sarcastically say I'm living the dream but when I say it I truly mean it like I'm living the dream man um (laughs) I have a great marriage not to say that we don't have our ups and downs because we truly do just like anybody else but the difference is is that when we have those moments, I know it's safe to talk to her mm-hmm. um, and tell her how I'm really feeling. Um, and we troubleshoot together about how we want to manage the situation. Um, whereas before it was like, I couldn't express my feelings whatsoever. Um, and it was the other person's way, period. Mm-hmm. There was no their way or the highway. It was their way. Like it had to be done their way. But now it's like, okay, how can we compromise? Um, how can we make it through this situation um, and come out on the other side? And our motto has always been better together. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our thing, better together. And that was kind of like one of the things at our wedding is that we're just better together. Um, and I, I truly feel like we'll always be that way as long as we keep in, keep the mindset of marriage is work, relationships are work. And if you're you're both not willing to put forth the effort of, waking up every day and making the other person 
um, better than they were the day before while also making yourself better than the day before, um, then it's, you're probably not with the person that you need to be with. And sometimes it might be that you're not with any person. Sometimes it's like, hey, I need to be with myself and do what's right for me and not be in a serious relationship or not be in a relationship at all um, until I know things, like I know like my self-worth and stuff like that. Um, and then honestly, I've just got to where I tell people, if somebody makes you feel like shit, you need to move on because that that is not real life. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not what you deserve. Um, and that's a if they make you feel like shit, that's that's a problem that they have internally, not because you really are doing something. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that have popped into my head while listening to you. First of all, I think there's this um, there's this idea that you have to be fully healed and like just all put together before you can be in a serious lasting relationship. And, um, I certainly, uh, understand the value, uh, like that, that period of time that I spent in between, um, the first guy I dated after I left Jamie to, um, being with Sam now, it was about a year of time where, um, I, I was on the dating apps, but I don't think I actually like met up with anybody in that time. And, I was really just hanging out with myself. So, um, that's, that's time that I'm really grateful that I had, but, um, I think there was only a certain amount of safety that I could create within myself. And I think whether it's your, whether it's a romantic relationship or it's friendships like ours, like you need safe people to be able to continue doing that work. Um, and I think one of the things I didn't realize was happening so much in uh, my marriage, especially was, uh, that's not happening now, is the things that I would say were later weaponized against me. Yes. Um, And there's been times in this relationship where I sort of brace myself for that to happen. And then it doesn't. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's not happening. Why am Um, I clenched up? (laughs) Yeah. Why am I, what's going on? (laughs) Um, And there's been some like interesting slash, I would even say weird things that I've noticed about myself since being in this relationship. And one of them is when I was married, I did everything. Like I managed our money. I paid our bills. I went, did the shopping, did the cooking. I did everything. But, um, I preferred to grocery shop by myself and I didn't notice this until like Sam and I went shopping together for the first time. If I were shopping with Jamie and I forgot, like I was in the cold section and I forgot something in produce and had to go back, he would have been pissed. And if I did it more than once, we would have had a fight. He's like, I'm just going to go sit in the car. Like this is taking too long. And so the first time that Sam and I went shopping together, I noticed that like clenching of like, it's like, why am I so anxious right now? <laughs> like, uh, he was fine. Like he literally did not give a shit that I was forgetting things on the other side of the store. He was having a great time. Uh, he's like, I love grocery shopping. And, but me internally, like I was even sweating at one point, uh, which is not <laughs> uncommon for me. I sweat a lot, but uh, I was so anxious that I was sweating of like, just waiting for, waiting for that outburst and waiting for him to leave me alone in the store. And, um, that was one of those moments where I had to be like, this is, I'm having a reaction to something that's not actually happening right now, but even something as little as that of like grocery shopping, (laughs) like it's just, uh, it's just crazy. And, um, I think one of the other things I've noticed is 
when things would come up with family that would be met by Jamie with like first of all he would tell me like why why do you worry about this like he, he thought that he did not worry about anything that was going on in his own fucked up family. And mm-hmm. that meant he was just above it. Like, it doesn't bother me. It's fine. Um, but if you're having to convince yourself that something doesn't bother you and say it out loud that many times, like it's probably bothering you. <laughs> so right. uh, his reaction to me, and really it wasn't just family, but just anything of like, Hey, this happened with this person. And this is how I'm feeling. It was like, Oh, here we go again with this shit. Or like, um, why why are you so worried about it like why can't you just let it go and like you can only get that reaction from someone so many times before you're like okay I can't bring stuff to you because you're gonna make me feel like shit for having it and um it's it's things like that where similar situations happen and I expect that reaction out of Sam and that doesn't happen (laughs) um and the other thing is when you, when you feel like you don't, you're not allowed to have wants and needs, or you're just completely disconnected from those things for yourself at all. Um, certainly you don't know how to ask for those things. And so one thing that's been work, but has also been one of the best things about this relationship is instead of like making assumptions or, uh, wanting something and not asking for it and then being disappointed when I don't get it. Um, if I want something or need something, I'm really trying to ask for it. <laughs> um, cause that I realized just how much, uh, I resented Jamie for, um, a lot of things that I never told him that I needed, but I also didn't feel safe <laughs> to express those needs to him. Um, but that it just built up and like, anytime we would fight, that would all come out and it would just be this back and forth of like, well, you did this and you did this and you did this and things that would happen months ago that we would fight about, um, just because we didn't talk, we didn't know how to talk to each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I had another one. Oh, just like how much I contribute to the things that he's going through. And sometimes not not even sometimes often I'm like, if, if, if I'm being too much or like, if I'm saying too much, just tell me. And he's like, no, like, I really appreciate, um, the things that you say and, and share with me. And like, I think it's just like my, uh, my opinions were not valued, uh, by Jamie. And so, he did not really seek me out as a source of support. Um, and I think sometimes if I would give that support and then he would kind of go along with the thing that I said and it didn't work out how he wanted it to work out, then it would be my fault. So it's just, uh, yes. there's just so many things. And like, you know, I'm still at the beginning of this relationship. So it's, uh, it's probably happening more often for me than for you, but are, are there, um, any of those things that like trigger an old reaction, but that's not actually what's happening in the moment for you. Oh yeah. I mean, like even things that were very prevalent at the beginning of our relationship um, that were triggers um, still all like not often, but every once in a while it'll pop up and I'll have that moment of panic And I have that tight feeling in my chest. And I'm like, wait, wait, this is Regina. This isn't the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, like, when we, especially when we first started started dating, um, like, if we were going shopping together, I would, if I was driving, I would automatically pull to the front of the store to, like, drop her off, and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm dropping you off, and then I'm going to go park the car, and then I'll walk in, and she was like, no. I mean, like, she was, she was like, we're going to walk in together, and I'm like, no. I, and I mean, like, it was ingrained in my head that that was what I was supposed to do, because that's what I had done for the last 10 years. Um, and then we like to now make the joke about should I cut her steak or not? Um, <laughs> and obviously the woman is very capable of cutting her own steak, but it was kind of expected of me at dinner to cut the other person's steak. And it was just like, I didn't think anything of it at the time because I just did it because I was like used to it. But the people around me were like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> And I was like, cutting steak, what are you doing? And they were, they were like, why are you cutting this grown ass woman's steak for her? And I mean, like <laughs> it didn't, it didn't really register with me until gosh, way after I got out of the relationship of that was fucked up, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that expectation. Um, and then like, I would come home every day after work and I would cook and I would clean after I cooked. And then I would lay the other person's clothes out for the next day I mean it was like I was truly like a slave a maid for that person and but at the time I thought it's what I was supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. um but like now it's like you know Regina's like hey um I don't need you to cut my steak I don't need you to lay my clothes out for me because um sometimes I think you're colorblind and can't match things (laughs) or babe that doesn't go together um but you know also it's it's just great to be in a relationship where I feel supported now um and we honestly ask each other for advice and she's honestly the person the first person that I turn to every single time something comes up um her, her phone goes off a lot during the day, especially while she's teaching. I know she can't answer, but I'm just like, if I don't, if I don't tell this to her now, then, um, you know, I'm going to have an anxiety attack of, because I'm not able to tell anybody, but, um, she's truly the first person that I tell things to. And I mean, whether it's good or bad, um, and when I'm having my own, uh, family issues, she's the one that I seek advice from because I know that she'll tell me straight like either yeah you don't need to get involved in that um or you know um that's fucked up or something like that um but she'll also she keeps me in check is what I'm trying to say (laughs) in so many different ways you know, when I'm in public and I'm playing around too much, she's the one that lays her hand on my leg and like gives a little tap, like, mm, calm down a little bit. <laughs> so, or that's not appropriate. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, and then, but she also, you know, she's, she's the one that we're, she's out there on the beach diving in the waves to get shells for me. And <laughs> because I, I want these conch shells that are rolling up on the beach and um, I have on like pants or socks that I don't want to get wet. And she's out there, you know, knee deep in the water, <laughs> diving in the water to get shells that I want. Um, and 
I don't know. It's it's hard to explain it. People are like, you know, you're just ro- romanticizing things and trying to sh- trying to sugarcoat and make things seem like it's a fairy tale. But I think honestly, when you're in a healthy relationship, you're like, yeah, you can realize that that the the bad things happen and there are the rough days. But then you're like, I really am like very happy, mm-hmm. um, and I truly love this person, and I know this person loves me, and you know she's the person that makes my heart laugh, um, and, and just swell with pride. And, and I don't, I don't know, it's very hard to explain. And I know that other people who are in their true relationships, um, will can kind of say the same thing. It's, it's hard to explain what true love really feels like because people, people think that you're just doing some like Hallmark commercial or something. Um, but I think it's because we're we're willing to realize that yeah, there's going to be good and bad, but we we choose to work through the bad and celebrate the good. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think one of the things for me has been, and I, I talked about this with my old therapist, who I I miss terribly. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, I'm not I'm not sure if I shared this on the podcast or not, but long story short she sort of told me to go through this process of, um, holding a meeting. Like I'm, I'm a very visual person. So like holding a meeting with all these different parts of myself and, um, decide who's going to lead the meeting and, and how, you know, how long every person gets to talk. So what ended up happening is, uh, it was a very little version of me an inner child version of me who led the meeting and like everybody just really respected her. And, Um, it was all sort of current versions of me with their own individual concerns. And one of the versions of me was, um, so afraid of choosing wrong again. And Mm -hmm. what if the same thing happens? And I, I went through this whole process and I journaled about it. And, um, one of the conclusions that I came to is that, I felt like I had to convince everyone in my life that this relationship was different, but ultimately the person I had to convince was me. And, um, I think that's been one of the struggles for me is, is separating. This is an old reaction to something that's happening right now. It's, I was going to say something else. Oh, uh, I want to ask you one more thing. And then I don't think a little rapid fire questions. Um, and then, and then we'll finish. But, um, one of the things you mentioned a few minutes ago was with the whole state cutting thing and how to you, it seemed normal and everyone around you is like, what the fuck is she doing? Like this person can cut her steak herself. And I think, um, that represents how it can be when you are in a toxic relationship and the people around you can see what's going on. Um, and depending on the level of, whatever your relationship with them, they may or may not be saying something to you about it, but I want to know, uh, what it was like for you to watch me be in my relationship with Jamie and then marry him. And then, you know, where we are today. (laughs) Um, you know, I think it was a lot like whenever we first started being friends and, and I was with my person, it was like, okay, um, this, this new person in my life is in a relationship and, I don't really know them or the other person that well, but then, you know, we started hanging out a lot more after I got my relationship with Regina. Um, 
and I got to know Jamie a little bit more and I was like okay they're polar opposites but you know sometimes opposites attract I'm okay with that um and I think I think the biggest thing for me after you left him was was I a bad friend for not seeing the truth or um you know you not being comfortable enough to tell us what was truly going on um but then I was like you know what I didn't truly tell people what was going on in my previous relationship either because I was ashamed Mm. um and so it was like okay and then after after you left him I was I mean I was heartbroken for you because I know how tough that is, but I was also like, yes, this is the time that Amanda (laughs) is going to empower herself. We are going to lift her up um, and, and show her, you know, you, you're making the right decision um, and, and support you. And I think that it was really important for us to, for us to let you know that no matter what, we were going to be there to support you and that since we did know at that time what was truly going on that we were going to start calling you out on your on the bullshit and be like hey you know you don't you don't need to do that (laughs) I love you but that's not a good decision um because you know truly truly I think that we're we're all the type of friends of we we truly want the best for each other um and we're you know we're going to give each other the shirt off our backs but we're also going to be real um at the same time and be like yeah you know, that might not be the best decision. Let's try to troubleshoot and, you know, brainstorm about other things that we can do. But um, I think that it's easy for people um, in each other's lives to kind of blind themselves to what really may be going on with their friends or loved ones um, the same way they do themselves um, because they're, they're trying to, you know, if they think the other person's happy, then they're trying to support them in that happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people in my life did it because after Regina, after I left my previous partner and Regina and I were still friends, um, we, we stopped by, my parents were in Wilmington for my niece's um, ballet recital. She was in the Nutcracker that year. And my, my mom just hugged her and was like, thank you for saving our daughter. And I mean, we were just friends at the time. And I mean, it was just because of her helping me out um, and helping me get out of that situation I was in. And then after I told my parents that, hey, you know, at a significant time later, I was like, hey, um, you know, we're, we're dating now. It was like, my dad loves her more than he loves me. <laughs> so, um, and my dad did not even talk to my previous partner. So that's that was a big, huge deal for me. When my parents embraced her, I was like, wow you know, um, but as far as you and Jamie, I was there, I was going to be supportive, um, and we went to your wedding, you know, we traveled to Virginia to go to your wedding, and it was a beautiful weekend, like, the weather was nice, the trees were pretty, but in my mind, when I was sitting there, I was like, I really hope this works out, because I want Amanda to be happy, but this guy's a douche, so... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this uh, this past week would have been our third wedding anniversary, and um, it was it was weird. You know, there's still feelings that come up around that, and I think looking back is two things. Number one, um, 
certainly I loved him much more than he loved me. And to, uh, that, that weekend, like the, the memories that I made in our wedding weekend were some of my happiest memories, but it was mostly because, because of who was there. And, uh, I had people from my childhood that were there and newer friends. And, um, I was just very overwhelmed and felt very grateful by the, the group of people that showed up for me, um, and for both of us, but, um, I spent more time with the people that were there than I did with him. I mean, even on our wedding day, besides the time we were sitting at our little table eating food, like I didn't, we weren't really spending time together. And, um, I didn't really think anything of that at the time, but, uh, I have no regrets. Everything has worked out the way it's supposed to work out. Uh, and one, one more thing I want to touch on before I ask these questions, cause we talked about this when we were talking about doing this episode is, um, this, this having safe relationships is not just your romantic relationships and, you know, the friendship that I have with you and Regina, I know that I, uh, can reach out to you anytime. And I think you and I both have this back and forth where we're like, Oh, sorry for always dumping on you. And it's like, <laughs> it's fine. That's what I'm here for. Um, but you know, I know that, I know that you guys would do anything for me and, um, we haven't, in the grand scheme of life, we haven't known each other that long, but, um, we've been through a lot of ups and downs together, not, not because of our friendship, but just in our life, we've seen each other go through ups and downs. And, um, I think not just having a safe romantic partner is important, but having just safe people in your corner. Um, and I think one of the main things that safety means to me is like, I, I could come to you all with something and then I can't, I can't think of an example at the moment, but if I were to change my mind about that thing, you guys would just support me. Like, right. um, it's not, there's, there is a certain level of like, okay, call, call me out on my bullshit when I need it. But I think in safe relationships, the, the person on the other side, whatever sort of relationship it is, they, they, they trust you. And they're, um, they believe that you are a capable human being of making decisions for yourself. Um, yes. they don't, they don't make you feel bad for making mistakes and, um, they, they support you in all the seasons of your life and no matter what's going on. And so I think it's super important, um, to find those. And I think I don't personally, I believe that you can't find those until you have developed a certain level of safety in yourself. Because until you have that certain amount of um, confidence really isn't the right word, but until you have that certain amount of safety within yourself and sense of self, um, you're going to keep seeking out old situations that confirm the negative things you believe about yourself. So I'm not saying you have to be fully healed and perfect to find these sorts of relationships, but um, there has to be some sort of that, some sort of foundation. And uh, it's funny because when you and I were talking about doing this episode, you mentioned like our friendship with Tiff as well. And, um, Tiff was Regina's friend who became your friend who then became my friend. And, um, even just over the past few months, she and I have gotten a little closer and it's just, I think my brain has a hard time comprehending that people actually like me, even, even, even people like you and people like Tiff and like, 
people who have shown me that they like me and they enjoy spending time with me. Um, because just within a matter of a couple of weeks, uh, Tiff and I shared the pullout couch when we, we had that uh, <laughs> weekend for Regina's birthday. And then a few weeks later, we shared a room when we went on the cruise. And um, how, how do I want to say what I'm trying to say? It was just, um, it was one of those moments where uh, it was like, oh, people actually like me sometimes <laughs> and, uh, for her, for her to, for her and I to have become friends the way that we did sort of through you guys. Um, and then to be as close as we are, it's just, uh, sometimes it's hard for that to like settle in my brain that things like that can happen and people can actually like me. It's just, it's such a weird thing. <laughs> it is. It is a weird thing. And it's, it's something that another thing that I've had to work on a lot in therapy, um, because all my life I've been such a people pleaser. Like I want, I want things to be smooth around me and there to be harmony and people to get along. And I know that that's unrealistic, um, but I use my, my friendships um, and my home life to be the de-stressor for me. Um, and I feel like that's the way it should be. I don't want the chaos um, that, that other people have. And um, you know, they go to, they go to work because they don't want to be at home. Um, and I, I used to be like that. I, I would get up and go to work like an hour and a half to two hours early. And I would leave work way late because I didn't want to be at home, but now I'm like checking the clock. Hey, is it time to go home? <laughs> and I'm leaving at the very last minute. Um, and when it's time, when I know that, that my friends are going to come over to hang out or I'm going to visit them, I'm like, you know, itching to get out and like, let's go, let's go. I'm ready to see them. Whereas before it was like, I dread hanging out with anybody. I dread going home. Um, and it was more of, I just want to be by myself, but, um, and I still have those moments and I think it's important for people to take time for themselves, even away from their significant other or family and stuff. And, and, you know, do some self-reflection and some self-care for themselves. But, um, I think it's really important to have those healthy relationships with family and friends and, you know, in a romantic relationship, it, it needs to be healthy as well. Um, and I'm, I'm very fortunate um, that Tiff was Regina's friend um, who uh, by proxy became my friend. Um, we, we, we clicked from the very beginning though, because the first time I met her was when we were all going on the cruise in 2016. And I was with my previous partner, Regina's with her previous partner. Um, and, uh, Tiff and I hugged in the driveway. Um, and then at some point on the drive down to Florida, we sat in the back of her car together because somebody else was driving and we held hands. I mean, it was just like friend, friends at, at first sight. Um, and I have a very small circle of people that I am truly close to. Um, and you, you and Tiff are in that circle. And it's, it's become a lot smaller over the years because it's like, oh, well, these are the people that I know that I can truly count on and no matter what. And like you said, support me in all seasons of my life, whether I'm going co about a decision one day and then the next day I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> um, or I don't like that anymore. Um, and I, I know that you guys won't, won't, you know, but oh my God, you made a mistake. Like, 
and drag me down for that. Um, whereas I've had people in my life that have done that before. They've held over my head like, hey, remember that time that you decided you were going to do this and it was the wrong choice and now things are like this? Like, yeah, that's your fault. Like, I know that you guys aren't going to do that. You're going to be like, yeah, well, you know, we all fuck up. So uh, what's the next plan? <laughs> yeah. So I certainly like, have no room to talk. <laughs> um, so, and that's that. I mean, like, that's the best thing for me because I feel for the first time in my entire life and it, it took me, oh gosh, um, probably within the last five years is when all of this truly started, you know, changing around for me, but it took me almost 35 years to realize, um, Hey, I, I'm, I'm just this silly goose of a person who, um, is able to have fun and, um, make mistakes and have intelligent conversations and, and cry and have emotions and, you know, laugh and have fun and all this other stuff with, I'm allowed to be that person. Um, I don't have to be just one thing. Um, and I, I truly attribute that to my healthy relationship with Regina and my healthy relationships um, with you and Tiff. Um, and I, I cherish those. Um, you guys are, are more like my sisters than my friends. Um, and I depend on y'all a lot emotionally, um, mentally. I'm like, oh my God, I need to tell Amanda this. Um, and then when nobody else laughs at my jokes, I know you will. So <laughs> that's, I'm like, nobody else is going to laugh at this. So I'm going to send it to Amanda. Um, I'll send it to Tiff when she's out of work because she's in a warehouse and won't get my text. And I feel like <laughs> it's stupid. And then start having an anxiety attack of, <laughs> oh my God, she didn't think this was funny. And really, she just didn't even get the text yet. Um, so <laughs> it's like, okay, back it up a minute. Um, but um, I'm thankful for you guys. Um, and I know it's very rare in life to be able to find people that you truly connect with and can and, and have your tribe, you know? Um, yeah. And a lot of people go through seasons where they're like, oh, well, that was just a friend for this season. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I have those people, but I'm like, damn, man, I've got these two people as my friends and um, my confidants and, and people that I can truly trust. And we've already been through all seasons and get ready to go through some more seasons together. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's the, the people you don't have to filter yourself with. Yes. Um, that you can just be your full fucking weird self and they're not going to be like, they're not going to judge you. They're probably going to, they're laughing with you genuinely, not at you. <laughs> they, they, they might be saying, what the hell are you doing? But they're also <laughs> laughing. And then the next thing, you know, like they're also doing something weird and you're like, what the hell? But you're all laughing. And then you get to the point where you can't breathe. And then you're laughing so much that you're like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. So we have to take a bathroom break. Um <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it, like you said, it's, it's really awesome that I don't feel like I have to filter myself because around a lot of people I do, because I'm like, I, I think sometimes I can be way too much or they especially don't get my sense of humor. And so then it's like, oh, they didn't get the joke and now I have to explain it. And now it's not funny anymore. Or they think it's inappropriate. And I'm like, that's the funniest thing I've ever said. Um <laughs> Cool uh, but I know here. <laughs> I know with you guys you'll we just start feeding off of each other um and and even if it is you know a moment when we're supposed to be serious it's like it's okay if, if I crack a joke during this because I know that you guys are gonna laugh and then be like okay 
let's get back to what we were doing. <laughs> so, and I, and I don't feel bad, you know, whereas some situations I'm like, oh, I cracked that joke. And now the people are mad at me because this is how I deal with things. Um, but like with you guys, it's like, oh yeah, I can, I can be this way, but also get back to what we're really doing. <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. And inappropriate jokes at inappropriate times are always welcome. <laughs> yes. I think, I think that the four of us thrive on that. Like that's when we're our best selves is when we can be <laughs> inappropriate at inappropriate times. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, do you have any final thoughts before we get into these questions and wrap up? Um, just the final thought of, you know, um, everything in life takes time. Um, and just because you're in one season of your life doesn't mean that, you know, you have to stay there um, or that you have to move on to another season um, quickly. Um, and I think that, it's important for people to remember that um, self-worth just doesn't come automatically. Um, It's not something you're born with. Um, It's something that you learn over time and that you have to work for. Um, And it's important for the people in your life to be uh, factors in building your self-worth. So if, if you truly don't feel like someone is good for you, then, I can guarantee 99.9% they're not good for you. Um, And when you find the people that are good for you, keep them around because you, you rely on those, those support systems more than you think you do, because, you know, if something's going on, I know that even though we're in different time zones that I could probably, you know, text you at three o'clock in the morning you may not get it right at three o'clock in the morning, but I know that the next time you wake up, um, that you're going to see it and you're going to automatically respond to me, which I'm like, okay, you know, that's important to me because it means that you're truly listening and you're truly there for me because some people would just blow it off. I'm like, oh, I didn't get that text until two days later. And I'm like, you liar. I saw that you read it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like just, I don't know, people, people are just so hard on themselves because they feel like they have to be in certain stages at certain, on certain timelines in life. And I'm like, that's not it at all. You know, I didn't get married till I was 37, um, almost 38. So I'm like, I'm, and I'm glad that I waited. I'm so glad that I waited. Um, and, uh, I didn't, I didn't truly get my dream job until now you know, when I'm was 38, almost 39. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, and I'm happy where I'm at. Um, so there's not a timeline and a lot of people base their self-worth on that. And I did for a long time of what kind of job I had, how much money I was making, where I was living, who I was with, if, what kind of car I had. Um, but some things knocked me down and around in life. And I had to learn that, my self-worth was based on, am I a good person? Am I kind to other people? Do I try to help out the best I can? Am I a good partner? Am I a good friend? Am I a good daughter? Am I a good sister? You know, that kind of stuff. So um, it's, it's not based on the material things in life. It's based on yourself and how you are and what you put out into the universe. Yeah. I think that goes back to the thing I read at the beginning of the episode is like, um, 
accepting where you are. And that doesn't mean that you can't want more for yourself. Um, but it's, it's easy to get wrapped up in those, the way things should be. Um, and my Amazon thing keeps telling me that there's deals like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) it's done it twice since this episode, but anyway, it's easy to get caught into those, uh, feelings of the way things should be based on what's going on around you and what other people are doing. And really just like, I think the whole point of life is making your own rules and doing it your own way and doing what makes you happy. Absolutely. I absolutely 100% agree with that. You ready for these questions? Yes, ma'am. All right. What is uh, the most difficult lesson you've had to learn, or maybe you're still learning on your healing journey? Oh, um, probably that I am allowed to make mistakes, um, you know, um, because for a long time I thought, oh my God, if I make a mistake, then it's just the end of the world. Um, and I have to be perfect in everything and every aspect of my life. Um, and if, if I, if I'm not, then I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still learning that because there's times that I'm just like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't prepare for this or I didn't do this right. Or this isn't going to end up how I wanted it to be. So now it's just a catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, there's, there's no way it's unrealistic to think that you can know every single thing about every single situation um, and plan for it perfectly or do things. So it will turn out perfectly. Um, there's just no way to do that. Um, and I, th- I think that that's a lesson that I'm still learning is, okay, um, I can, I can do everything I can to make this perfect, but there's no way I can guarantee this. So mm-hmm. if it does come out that, you know, something doesn't go the way I want it to, and there's a mistake made that that's okay. As long as, you know, I'm willing to work to make things right or, um, learn for the future, for the next time so that I don't do do that again because as far as like behaviors and stuff I truly feel like if someone apologizes for for a behavior but then they do it again they're not truly sorry for it and they didn't really learn anything um so yeah I think that's one of the things that I'm was the hardest for me to even realize and then I'm still learning day by day hey you know I I can live my life and be a good person. And, you know, it's okay if I, if I make a mistake, um, and, and try my best to fix it. Um, what has been the most helpful tool for you, um, throughout your healing journey, whether it's some sort of book or therapy or whatever, what's been the most helpful for you? Um, the most helpful for me has been my therapist, Katie. (laughs) Um, she's really awesome. And she, she, I started seeing her when I was in my previous relationship. So she has seen me go through a lot in the past seven years. Um, and she's seen me have a lot of ups and downs and she has laughed with me. She has cried with me, celebrated with me. Um, and one of the last times that we have talked in the past couple months, um, she said something to me that was just so important to me as I am today. She said, Becca, you have not only grown 
you know, mentally and physically. Um, she's like, but you've grown so much emotionally and I've seen you change so much um, over the last seven years from who you were of just this shell of a person to becoming this fully whole healed individual who makes her own decisions and truly acts like she needs to um, in situations and feels like she can make her own decisions, um, but also be part of a healthy relationship. And I was just like, oh my God, when your therapist says that, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. It's like when the teacher says, you're the best student in the class. <laughs> Winning therapy. <laughs> yes. Hashtag I won therapy. Um, yeah, but I mean, that that's probably been my, my biggest, most helpful thing is um, continuing with therapy, even when I didn't want to, even when there were times that I let it slide by for several months at a time, um, getting back and, and her just being willing to keep working with me. Um, even though I know that I can be a handful, um, (laughs) and I know that in therapy, I'm all over the place sometimes, um, because, I'll spend 30 minutes talking about this one tangent and then go back and be like, Oh my God, what was I even talking about to begin with? Um, and, and she's really good about keeping me on track with stuff and asking me certain questions about things that she knows I need to talk about. But, um, I don't know. I think, I think the, the biggest thing with therapy is you need, you need to connect with that person because if you don't, then it's just like, oh, I don't want to go and that I don't like talking to that person. So I'm not going, but I truly enjoy my therapist. Um, and I would never cross the line, that professional and ethical, um, line of us being friends. But if she wasn't my therapist, I would truly want to be her friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I had a similar moment with my therapist, just the last uh, session we had together, sort of reflecting on, uh, where I was at the beginning. And when I first started therapy with her, I was still trying to save my marriage. I was Mm -hmm. in there still thinking that if I could just fix me, then I, then I can fix this. And, uh, Mm -hmm. we all see where that ended up. (laughs) Um, what is a message you feel called to share with your inner child today? Um, believe in yourself. Um, and the, the things that you think are important now, will not even matter to you when you get older. Um, Because I I grew up in a very uh, religious household and and I'm not knocking that, like to each his own, you know, whatever. Um, But when I was able to start thinking for myself um, and making my own choices about certain things in life, um, I, I really, notice about how much I missed out on growing up um and um just being open to new to new situations and different cultures and um different ways of thinking and feeling and believing um and I'm not by any means knocking how my parents raised me because I had great parents um and they did the best they could with what they knew um and they tell me at times like, Hey, if I could go back and do things different, I would blah, 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 all that, all that. But, uh, you know, just, just for me, if I could go back and tell my younger self, Hey, you're a great person and 
let all your weirdness shine through at all times because that's what makes you who you are and what makes people really love you as an adult um because I, I was very shy as a child and tried to hide a lot of things because I didn't think that it other people would like me because of it. Um, but now I'm just like, eh, if they don't like my weirdness, then they're not meant to be here. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I would tell, tell my younger self that, you know, just just be who you are. And I think a lot of people say that it's very cliche, but um, it's it's true in so many ways. Mm-hmm um what is the message that you feel called to share with the version of you that existed this time last year um continue working towards your dreams uh you're gonna get there um and don't don't feel like time's running out because that that's a big thing that I've been going through in the last like several years is, oh my God, I'm almost 40 times running out. Um, I'm, uh, apparently I think that when I turn 40, I'm going to turn decrepit and, you know, <laughs> not be able to move and, and live life. And I'm just going to be this, this, uh, shrivel of a person that just can't do anything anymore. And like, I think that's ingrained in a lot of our society, um, of the older you get, the less time you have and the less, you're able to do things, but I've really realized in the, especially in the past year of, um, the older I get, it seems like the more adventurous my life becomes because, you know, we, we just gave, like, just gave up everything that we were doing before and like moved to the mountains all of a sudden, much to the surprise of a lot of people, but an opportunity came up for both of us that we just couldn't pass up. And, you know, um, we moved from, a house with land to a very small apartment and people are like why did you do that and we're like well that's fun you know um we're (laughs) we're just we're just living life to the fullest and you know I truly have the mindset of as long as I'm with Regina um and I have her you know with me um and we have each other's support then I can make it through anything um, whether it's losing everything or, you know, being sick or whatever. But, um, this time last year, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be stuck down here near Wilmington working in Columbus County, which I hate, but it was a, you know, it was a pretty good job. And, uh, I was like, this is, this is my life. And right now I'm like, yeah, man, I'm traveling. I'm Mm -hmm. doing my thing. Um, I'm making good money. I have an awesome, uh, office environment that I didn't even know could exist. I didn't know that this good of an office environment could exist. And so last year at this time, I was just kind of, you know, going through the motions and, and bummed with my outside life of my relationship. But, um, and I, the only thing I had to look forward to was coming home every day. And like, now I'm just like, even though there are stressors, I'm not stressed out. Mm. I, I told Regina today, I was like, this is the first time in my entire life that I've had a good home environment and a good work environment. And I was like, it just blows my mind. I was like, I truly am living the dream right now. Yeah. I mean, I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I would imagine that it just really makes all the difference. <laughs> It does. And I mean, like when you're, when you're going towards that and you're working towards that and you're like, 
oh my God, will it ever happen for me? And you see all these other people that they're like, yeah, I love life and everything's going well. And, um, you know, you're just like, oh my God, why, why can't I have that? Um, and then, you know, just, it's like, I tell everybody when they're looking for love, don't look for it. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And yeah, you're going to be stressed out and you're going to be down on yourself when you're waiting for it. Um, but when it does happen, you're like, hell yeah, man, this is awesome. Yeah. And I, and it's one of those things where I, I'm like, I truly deserve this because I had imposter syndrome a lot during like, especially the first month that I started working here. Um, because I was like, you know, I'm working with all these high powered attorneys. I'm in a really important role. Um, am I even qualified for this? And then I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. I checked off every box that they asked for on the job application plus. Um, and then I've asked my coworker seven, several times, um, was I the only candidate and y'all really needed, just really needed somebody. <laughs> and they're like, no, we truly, truly enjoy you. Um, and we love you and we're glad you're here. Um, and so it's just like, okay, well, this is awesome. <laughs> I had some of that imposter syndrome before I moved here. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to move in with you. And then you're going to realize who I really am. And then you're not going to like me. <laughs> I'm just going to have to yes. go back to where I was. Yes. Um, God, good times. Yes. Well, I think we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been great. <laughs> this has been good. I love you very much. You and Regina both. We love you guys. Uh, shout out to Jess Walker for the cover art and to Doug Halliday for the music and to all of you who keep showing up and listening and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye guys.